Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Uh, yeah, I think they're uh, an explosive offense. They have a really good running back. They have a lot of good things schematic-wise. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a, a challenge, but I think uh, ultimately, you know, we're, we're, we're a formidable team. You know, it's going to be a good game. That is Devin Lloyd at your split story of the day, brought to you by our friends at Sound Sleep Medical. Um, Gordon, talking about the Utes, of course, they take on Weber State. Our pregame coverage begins at 430. However, uh, uh, we will still be here at Wasatch Front, uh, Kia, 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 jumping in and uh, talking about it. And then, of course, uh, after kickoff at 530, we'll do uh, 530 to 6, big show. uh, Well, 530 to 7, big show here at Wasatch Front, uh, Kia, Kia, Kia. So that's kind of the plan. But... Gordon, uh, Brant Keithy, number two in the top 60 and 60, and Devin Lloyd, who you just heard from, uh, number one. Uh, been voting in this exercise that they've been doing it uh, all uh, all the way along. In fact, this year was the first year I did not get a chance to vote because the vote needed to be submitted at uh, a time when I was unable to submit it when my daughter was born. So oh. it got in the way of voting just a little bit this year. But. I don't know if there has been as surefire number one as Devin Lloyd is this year. And I mean that more of a, of a compliment to Devin Lloyd than any sort of, you know, I'm not knocking Brant Keithy or anybody. You know, there's some fine college football players in this state. But he is amazing. And it is amazing. I, I kind of joked with Coach Witt at, at Pac-12 Media Day about did he hypnotize Devin Lloyd or something into getting him to come back. It's amazing he's back on this team. And he is, he is really good. That, that was a hands-down number one. I don't know if I, I could hear an argument for somebody else. Well, I'll tell you right now, I didn't even know. That in a, a week or two ago, I asked uh, who was number one. I didn't even know. And I said, it's got to be Devin Lloyd, right? And it was. So, I mean, yeah, it's obvious. Now, we'll see if it works out that way, but that's certainly the way it looks going into it. It's amazing. His, his story, Utah, is, is kind of a cool one. I mean, he... He started because Manny Bowen decided he wanted to go into a business career or something before <laughs> even playing a snap at the University of Utah linebacker. And Devin Lloyd was the one who kind of stepped in. And I remember these uh, media availabilities really well, Gordon, where they said, we, you know, we're, we're going to be fine. Devin Lloyd's a good player. And everybody was freaking out a little bit. And from day one, he absolutely has been way more than a good player and and you know last year it was what it was but i mean he, he had he, he's a special player well that goes to the talent in utah's program and that goes to depth that goes to the recruiting job that they've done up there and the development job as well so yeah i i agree with everything you just said so he's he's going to be fun to watch this year that the the fact that uh, Utah was able to to retain so many of its players uh, and really have you know you know this it's it's true at Utah and pretty much everywhere not named Alabama but when you have your really good years it's when you have the upperclassmen and players with uh, players with experience and Utah's got that and and real top end talent and you know it's kind of interesting too Devin Lloyd that's not the position we necessarily are used to seeing dominant. Ute defenders. Now, Gianni Paul was great, of course, but usually we're used to seeing linemen or corners that are that are really uh, dominant players. Here's the linebacker. Who's Statist- great. Statistically, Jake, uh, the linebackers have always done well because they're left to clean up the tackles. Right, yeah. So they get a lot of tackles. 
and that's been true for a long, long time. But I remember the first time I heard about Devin Lloyd. And so the, you know what the first thing was somebody said to me? He said, you look, he looks like a football player. And the thing is, he plays like it, too. I mean, the comedy, he, he is, that's an athlete. Yeah. That is a freaking athlete. And, yeah, he's backed it up on the field. Well, he's, he's filled out quite well, too. I, I covered a practice up there uh, for camp uh, a few weeks ago, and he was made available. And I was like, jeez, you, oh, are, yeah, you are sturdy. He always was. <laughs> no, I know, but, he, but uh, he certainly refined his body, too, being in that, in that um, under Doug LSI in the strength and conditioning department because he, he, <laughs> he looks like a linebacker. Uh, how long All have right. you been checking out men's bodies? It's been going on for My a whole life, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nothing wrong with that. You've made that joke before. I have? Yeah. And, and we are talking about uh, sports. Well, that's a short-term memory thing. I can make myself laugh again and again and I again. I know. It's like memento. But, and you make it easy. I so, appreciate that. Uh, but he's just, he's, he's just like you said. <laughs> he is, he's, he's an unbelievable player. He may be the best defender in the Pac-12. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, but he's certainly one of them. Well, there's a lineman and, in, in Eugene that might. Uh, yeah. Might well, be. he's going to make a lot of money. Let's say it that way. Well, it's going to be an interesting race for Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. And, yeah, he's, he's absolutely in that, con- in that conversation. I mean, he was second-team All-American last year. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> that, I think that means you're pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I think Utah's pretty good. Uh, give us a couple of things you're going to have your eye on tonight. Well, I don't know. I don't know about Weber State. I don't know what level of competition they will provide for the Utes. We know they're a respectable FCS team. We know Jay Hill is very familiar with Utah football. He helped build that program, both as a player and a coach. And uh, so he's, he knows what Witt likes to do. So he should be well prepared. But I, I just don't know whether how that the level of athlete, how it's going to match up size-wise, speed-wise, when these two teams meet on the field. I, I don't think Weber State will be embarrassed. I, I would be surprised if that happened. But Utah has so much talent. is really going to be good this year. So I, I'm expecting kind of a battle. But, but, I mean, the Utes, I would expect to be able to do the things that Utah likes to do. I would be really surprised if they don't run the ball well. I know, and that's kind of a mystery because we don't know. We haven't really been informed. We've heard whispers, but we haven't really been informed enough to to announce publicly who will be dominant in the run game. But I think the offensive line is good enough to be able to clear create space, and uh, you might see a couple of Utah running backs go for decent chunks of yardage tonight. And uh, and I'm expecting Charlie Brewer to do what what I expect Charlie Brewer to do, and that's throw the football. Not the air raid, but just throw the football efficiently and uh, and maybe some long balls as well. But I don't. if the Utes get up, I don't expect them to continue to pass, continue to, you know, uh, dominate because Jay Hill's a friend of Kyle Whittingham's, and I wouldn't expect that to happen. He's not Joe Glenn. I'm not expecting much from a like competition standpoint. I, I think Utah's going to be really vanilla. I mean, I think the game's probably going to go how a lot of us suspect it's going to go, and it'll be a little bit more. And I don't mean to sound condescending; I really don't. But right. It'll be a little bit on the you know kind of an exercise as opposed to a, you know a really drawn up game plan because they don't want to put too much on film. 
uh, going up, uh, up against Weber State. So I, I, I Plus, it fits perfectly for a, an opener. Right. I don't know. So I don't know how much downfield stuff. We'll probably see a little bit, but I don't know how much of that we're going to see. I certainly think that we're going to see them try very hard to identify a running back, meaning I bet you know all four of those guys – get an opportunity at a various level. I'm not sure it's all going to be equal, but... And they will be successful. Whoever gets the ball, I'll be likely. really surprised. But, I mean, they're looking for somebody. I mean, it didn't take long for Ty Jordan to emerge last year, and and they had a similar situation where he was actually, you know, think about it, he was at kind of the back of the pack. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the the opportunity will for somebody to emerge, it'll happen. But well, why not use the game to polish things? that you want to do and i'm not i think the word you used is correct vanilla but still work on stuff that you want to do against pac-12 competition and obviously the next game is against byu so um they they will want to be ready for that game and uh, keep the cougars a little bit uh in the dark so yeah but i but so what i'm saying is i don't expect a lot of sophistication but i do i do expect uh Charlie Brewer to get opportunities to do things uh, at least at a rudimentary level that they want to achieve as the season goes on. Does that make sense? I don't mean to double speak there, but I think that's what I'm. I think expecting. it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason you start off the season with uh, with um, FCS games. That's kind of a luxury that not all programs get every single year, but there's a reason coaches like to do that because first games are very unpredictable. And it's a double blessing, really, because they're playing Weber instead of some other team yeah, that great. nobody cares about. I mean, we care about Weber State, and it makes it more interesting. And I think it makes it more interesting not just for us, but for maybe the players and maybe the coaches and maybe the fans, too. So, Well, and then the, the taxpayer in me doesn't really hate keeping that dough in, in state either. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, see, that's the thing about you, Jake. You care about those things. Yeah, I do. You care about things like do that. Do we really need that dough going you're, to Montana you're, you're, you're or Idaho <laughs> or any of that, or do we keep it here in the fine state of Utah? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Support that's the programs around really here. That's something I had really thought of. Yeah, but, you know, but it's I'm a darn glad, good point. I'm glad you brought it to everyone's attention. And so I'm glad they played these games. And, uh, you know, I'd like to see SUU get in the mix. In fact, is, is SUU on Utah's schedule going forward? I I'd have know, to double maybe. check. Yeah. But, you know, let, let's keep as much of that in state as we can. Absolutely. And it makes it more interesting, I think. You know, you, you have the storylines of, you know, Kyle's protege. Jay Hill, I would guess, would certainly be the candidate if uh, if Kyle were to choose to retire. Certainly be a strong candidate to take over. Would as be head a coach. candidate. A, I wouldn't say the candidate. Uh, I didn't mean to say yeah. the candidate. But he's, he's he a would terrific be, coach. He would be a candidate. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd be a leading, a leading Do candidate. You? Uh, maybe I, he would be. I mean, what's not to like about Jay Hill? I mean, he went into Weber and he's put things uh, in a good place. They are one of the premier FCS teams in the country now. You know, and I'm very well acquainted with uh, FCS football, as you know, having grown up a fan of the yeah, Delaware the Fighting Blue Hens. Uh, but the thing uh, that would be appealing to me, if I if I were... Uh, oh, we do. We have a double wildcat. Look at that. Double, what, is uh, it double do- logo. Yeah, because yeah, he's got, he's got, got the, the mask, mask yeah. and the shirt. Awesome. Can you go to the game? All right. There you go. Let's get him to see Kurt. Easy as that. I'll get win the man her. some tickets. 
Our guy right there will get you all squared away. There you go. Look at that. I like it. See, I like First it segment. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for listening. We, we really appreciate it. Enjoy the game tonight. Have, uh, have a lot of fun. I can't remember where I was at. Yeah, uh, you were talking about keeping dollars in the state. And, no, and Jay, we had moved on. Okay, Jay that. Hill and the quality coach. That oh, he oh, oh. And him that, being a candidate. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That, if I were hiring, uh, you know, it would be attractive to me that he built a program out of nothing. Like, do you remember the, the program when Jody Sears was, was at the helm? Do you remember the, the – con- do. do you remember those games? Do you remember I, how lopsided those games were? They were the worst team <laughs> in the country. <laughs> they weren't the worst team. They were might they? have been the worst were team they? in the country. I, they had a winless season. Yeah. Anyway, to to go from Although that. Although Weber's had some nice teams. They have, but to go from that to, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to whoever, you know, takes over at uh, Appalachian State where it's been rolling for years or Montana, you know, come on, give me somebody who builds it. I think there's value like there. Like I said, the Delaware Fighting Blue Hens, of, uh, you know, under Tubby Raymond. They, they built, built they it built in like a, the 20s. They built an empire back an there. An empire. Uh, I agree. With you. I really love watching a coach move into a situation where he has a plan. He knows what to do. He knows what the program needs. He, and he does it, you know. And I love it when they bring in a lot of Utah athletes and utilize those. Now, I don't know what the count is for Jay, but he certainly understands the way this state works. And he understood Weber State football, and, they, and that, that's a big advantage. Some coaches go into situations, they fiddle-faddle around with all this stuff, and they have these dreams of recruiting Florida or whatever. And, that, uh, you know, nothing wrong with doing that a little bit, but I think uh, Jay Hill knew exactly – yeah. What steps to take? You know what's impressive about him is uh, he continues to identify young coaches that are really good because his staff gets rated every year, and he's still <laughs> he's still. I mean, we asked Klauke about it the other day. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Utah and BYU are just, and Utah State for that matter, are just plucking everybody they can right off Jay's staff every year, and he just turns around and and fills it with another really you know talented young coach. Well, that's because they're pluckers. You know, oh boy. Uh, uh, Fessy Sataki is, is a good example of that. Yes. And there's a lot of others. There are some others. I didn't mean to throw you off there because you now you're thinking throw, about you things. You did throw me off. No. Uh, Gordon, we are here at Wasatch Front Kia. Kia, Kia. Uh, 770 West Riverdale Road. I can't do it. I can't. I got to go with the three. I just, you know, I just can't I know do you it. Can't. I know. Uh, it's, but, like, it's like eating one potato chip. You can't do it. This is their uh, biggest, I dare say, biggest sale of the year. Uh, they have some good ones. But this is the one, uh, Gordon, as they say, when the tents go up, the prices go down. We've got a tent sale going nice. on this weekend mm-hmm. uh, where you're, you're going to have great savings. They're doing giveaways each and every day, including right here on the big show. We're giving away a big screen TV. No big deal. All you have to do is come by and enter. But do yourself a favor. Take a test drive if you're in the market for, uh, for a new or used vehicle. Uh, these folks will take great care of you. That's been my experience. We already gave away those Weaver State Utah tickets. Feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, he's, he's a fan, and he's they won't be squandered. Bet we'll see a little purple down there in the, at Rice Eccles today. A little bit. I think I saw that they announced it was a sellout, so I didn't uh-huh. know that was in doubt. But do they still have this streak going on? Uh, I think so. I feel like that's something I should have read in a press release. Well, I have seen empty seats there through the years, but, uh, you know, the tickets are bought. 
That's what they See, I love it how critical you are about that. But yet when it comes to UCLA, it's like, oh, but it's such a big stadium. How are they supposed but to that get is How true. are they supposed to get fans even there? <laughs> and then you're nitpicking about an empty bench no. seat. They're <laughs> like, I, I saw in section UU row 26, seat 7, empty. <laughs> no, I've seen more empty than just that. But it's, but it's okay. They're paid for. So look, Jake, here, here's my thing on it. All I said was that it looks... Like there's fewer fans because the building is so big. That's all he said. Making excuses all day long for the Bruins, yet one lady no, 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 one no lady goes and gets a Coke during the third quarter. Gordon's like, ah, ah an empty seat. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> Besides, the Rose Bowl is an hour away from UCLA. So, I mean, more excuses. Well, but, but they're facts. I'm not, what do I care about the UCLA football program? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Nothing. Because they could do no wrong, apparently. But they, they average like 2,000 fans less than the Utes. You know, I mean, it's, it's uh, whatever. But the Metropolitan area is much bigger. So maybe that is a knock against them. There's a lot of knocks against them. Well, they don't play as Their football's not as good. I don't know. They're going to be better this year. Yeah. All right. BYU News today. Gordon off the field. Conference realignment continues to be a thing. Yesterday, we remember on the show, the Big 12, after their meeting, had an official statement. Uh, that said nothing. That said less than nothing. <laughs> Uh, well, now there's a story that was first reported, I believe, by The Athletic, but now ESPN and other outlets have it. Um, the uh, the four leading candidates, Big 12 is leaning toward ex- uh, expansion, and the four leading candidates have emerged as BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston as formal invitations could be extended to these schools during the college football season. Uh, the report goes on a four-person subcommittee featuring two athletic directors and two university presidents from the Big 12 began meeting last week to discuss potential expansion. The conference requires eight of its current 10 members to approve uh, candidate schools for expansion to occur. A couple thoughts on that, Jake. The first one is BYU, from a standpoint of football, should have been in a, in a, in a big conference a long time ago. Well, I don't know if, if this would qualify as a big conference. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like we talked about all week long. It's, it's a step up. I think it would be better. Yes, I agree. And, uh, you know, Oklahoma and Texas, Oklahoma's found its way in the, in the playoff, uh, according to you, unjustly uh, many times. Oh, and so they've, they've been pretty good on the field. Texas has been struggling for a long time. But they're marquee names. It's one of those deals where, the, in some respects, the names are bigger than the reality. So maybe, maybe you know, teams like BYU and Cincinnati and UCF can go in there and and help steady uh, the conference. So I, I, I would expect that to be a pretty good fit. If I'm BYU, I'm hoping that it includes basketball too because I know that's a lot of travel, but still, I mean, everybody's traveling these days. It's a lot of travel from Washington to Southern USC, you know. So, uh, you know. It, it, it worked. It would work for BYU. That was the big question that we discussed yesterday. Is it something BYU would want to do? I don't know the answer to it, but it seems like it, it might work uh, as a win-win. All right. Can I, can I, can I like, go uh, through the looking glass a little bit, Gordon? I might be completely crazy here, but I, I, I was trying to think of reasons why BYU wouldn't do it. 
and this is one that I came up with. So okay. if, if I'm if if I'm off the wall, let me know. All right. ESPN, of course, is is playing grandmaster in all of this. We can all kind of acknowledge that. Well, right? yeah, including what the SEC did. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, it is no coincidence, and we asked Bowler about this, right? It's no coincidence that after ESPN took all of the rights to the SEC <laughs> that this happened. CBS yeah. got pushed out. ESPN owns them all, and then the wheels start. So, I mean— the, the the Big 12 itself sent a cease and desist to ESPN. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what further evidence you'd need at ESPN's role in this. Well, listen, ESPN does not want the Big 12 to continue because it will cost them. The, the, there's a reason that the Big 12 sent that cease and desist because the AAC was trying to poach Big 12 schools in hopes that the conference would collapse because, of course, that means, Gordon, no buyouts, no grant of rights. Texas and Oklahoma can't owe money to a conference that doesn't exist anymore. So ESPN absolutely wants the demise of the Big 12. So you think the Big 12 is doing this out of spite? So I wonder (laughs) how much BYU would actually listen to ESPN because ESPN probably would not be in favor of BYU going to the Big 12. Would they be willing to up the money that they're, uh, they're, you know, giving to BYU? I don't know. In order to to have a uh, to to ooh, that's an interesting point I hadn't thought of. Uh, well, that's know, probably the always, first thing BYU thought be, of. Yeah. <laughs> it's always nice to be. Hey, you're asking nice a favor of us. Uh, okay, what do you got for it? And mm-hmm. I'll I'll bet you uh, I'll bet you incriminating audio that the next television deal for the Big Twelve Network has nothing to do with ESPN or big, the Big Twelve has nothing to do with ESPN. Yeah, they're going to be a Fox property. You would think so. So. Because you don't do business with the with the entity that just chopped your arm off. You certainly don't give them negotiating power by, you know, whatever. You want you want Fox to get it at a bargain deal. Well, I might have chopped two arms off, and then so, you'd be hard to sign the contract. ESPN, BYU, their relationship has been very good during the Independence era. We've heard that over and over again from both sides of the fence on that one. So would BYU... Take that into the way it's thinking. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Okay, is that is that too off the wall though? Maybe. Is that, is no, that too? I don't know. Yeah, you got to consider everything. Uh, so yeah, that could be the case. And on top of that, does BYU think it's getting better exposure by creating its own schedule? You know, because they're still if they join the big uh, the Big Twelve, then they're still going to Lubbock. And uh, Ames, not Ames. Uh, what, what what town is Iowa State in? I don't even know. Is it in Ames? Is it Ames? No, that's that's, that's Iowa. Iowa. Yeah. Anyway, that, that, that some of the places where they would be playing aren't exactly metropolises. Sure, you got T, TCU, but you know, I mean, Iowa State's in Ames, Iowa. Yeah. Okay, that's right. I where where's uh, Iowa? DeKalb, I think. No, that's I don't know. No, no, that's. Uh, in Illinois. Um, here's the thing. I, I never bought the exposure argument, so I don't really buy it now. Oh, I buy it. I, that, Iowa, I, yeah, City. I, Iowa City. Iowa City. Yeah. Oh, it was just an easy way to, to soften the blow that you wanted more money. Yeah, no, I, I, don't, I disagree. But I think, I think BYU is interested in getting in front of cameras and having the BYU brand but bandied that, about. But that's the key, cameras. So would this... Decrease the interest in BYU football? I don't think so. The idea is that eyeballs on television sets. All right. 
So, I, I mean, if you're looking at it from an exposure standpoint, I don't think what market you're playing in really matters as much as, you know, what independence has going well, what for What about the from experience a- for the football yeah. team, being able to go to places? And, and what the, another thing they said was they wanted their, their alums to be able to come watch yeah. their team play. Do you, do you discount Which I, that I, as well? I, a little bit. But I think they can still accomplish that if they really want to in, uh, in the non-conference. And the Big 12, if that were to be the case, is a giant league, geographically speaking. Yeah. I mean, so what was, do you mean? They, 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 uh, okay, that last statement, before that confused me a little bit, you said in the non-conference. You mean in the conference? No, no, no. I, like, if you really wanted to play in the Northeast, you could still do that with your non-conference game. Well, that's, that's my point, that that's what they are doing. Right. But, oh, you mean non-conference games? Yeah. Okay, I thought you meant in independence. No. All right, I'm in, with you now. In non-conference games. Sorry, okay, the, yeah. clearing that up. Mm-hmm. I think they could still accomplish that somewhat okay. if they really wanted to. Yeah. I think it's going to be about, I think it's going to be about the dough and relationships, and that's where I think ESPN comes into play. I think it really does, because what do you what do you uh, what are you anticipating them to say or do? D- uh, don't go to the Big Twelve if you want to continue having a relationship with us. I think it's a little unfair if ESPN really did that because it's kind of I don't like, think they care about fairness. Well, maybe they do. Maybe they could certainly understand why BYU would decline that unless they up the ante. I mean, if ESPN comes and says, hey, man, we know you're a big brand. We know that uh, the Big 12 wants you. Uh, we will pay you more money to stay out. Uh, and then that gets BYU's attention in a hurry because then they say, wait a second. If we can make more money outside the conference than inside the conference, okay, we can we can have our cake and eat it too. We can play in front of uh, all kinds of fans all over the country, so we can have the exposure. And ESPN is on us like a rash. So why don't we go ahead and do that, and we get more money? I mean, now you're talking. Except for then, it really is all about the money and the football. No, it's also about matter. the exposure. I well. I mean, you talk about uh, what about giving the athletes the opportunity to compete for a conference, conference title. Yeah, I know that. But, uh, I mean, okay, but if BYU is following a model that uh, Notre Dame created, and I know BYU is not Notre Dame, but they have, you know, they think they're something important. They want to be something important. And Notre Dame seemed to do all right for a long time. Now, they also now are associated with the ACC, but. I don't know what that deal's all about. Is that where Notre Dame really does have its cake and eats it too? Where it is associated with the ACC, it gets some of the benefits of that, but they also get the benefits that they are freaking Notre Dame and can do whatever they want? Pretty much. <laughs> they get five built-in games a year. Well, BYU and better be a, careful. They... I'll say the BYU best be careful because they already have a reputation as being somewhat difficult. And if they create that environment for the Big 12 – that that could come back to harm. There you go. That's the split story of the day on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Split story brought to you by Sound Sleep Medical. Do you snore at night or are you currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Sound Sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit soundsleepmedical.com today. We'll have more big show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.